Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hello and welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. I'm Mike Sweeney. I'm Jesse Gaskell. We're writers for The Conan Show, and this is Inside Conan, where... We go inside of Conan, the show we wrote for. Yeah, exactly. We've gone behind the scenes, especially this season, kind of starting back in 93 and, and doing an overview of Conan's many years on late night, 28 years on late night. And this is our last episode of the season. Yeah, we've caught up to the present. So he has to make more television history right? so that we can make more episodes. Yes. And we're not going to end this episode just to keep the pressure up on creating more That's right. Content. We're going to keep talking until we get exactly. the deadline article announcing his next move. Exactly. So we both have food and, and we're going to sleep yeah. while we do the podcast. We'll take turns. mason jar to pee into. Yep. Yep. I have a big one. Because I have a smaller bladder and <laughs> we will stay on the air until there's new content to cover. That's right. I'm sure this pressure tactic will work with Conan. <laughs> if he ever hears about it. <laughs> He'll be the last to know. You know, I got a message from somebody on yeah. Instagram because yeah. um, we joke a lot about what if there was somebody listening who had never watched any of Conan's shows, but listen right. to our podcast. Like that, that person doesn't exist. Right. That person does exist. And she messaged me. Yes. And she said that she had never seen anything Conan's ever done on television, <laughs> <laughs> but she listens to this podcast. Oh, wow. And so she's learned about it retroactively. Okay. I know. <laughs> what if she watches him and goes, Oh, this doesn't compare to the this guy? Yeah. vague descriptions of these bits <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> And they're visual. Ugh, why would anyone watch this? Yeah. Really? Where does she I know. Uh, where does she live? I'm just she curious. She is about from this London. Okay. But she's moving to Los Angeles. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm a little suspicious of this. She listens to the podcast, <laughs> but she doesn't have Google. Like she doesn't or she doesn't want to watch. I think she doesn't care to. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think it's a it's a personal choice. Oh, wow. All right. No, I, I loved it. I thought, oh, this is great. Uh, it's fantastic. What, exactly what my ego needed. Yeah. Well, we are really dancing around the elephant in the room, or should I say the dog puppet in the room? Oh, yeah. That big news. There was big news. Uh, Robert Smigel, uh, who we've interviewed three times now in this show. Yes, the most of anyone He's ever. In the three-timer club. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but he's been on more than you and I. Exactly. 
Uh, and Triumph himself was on our Triumph, show for the 100th to, episode. to shreds, which uh, delighted me. Yeah. No end. Well, they were all, I mean, I think people know this is a pretty big story, arrested yeah. in a, one of the Capitol office buildings a few days ago. While they were filming a remote. For the Stephen Colbert show. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, we almost got arrested a, a lot of times. I know. A few times. There have been some close calls. Conan. Yeah. There were close calls. So it's kind of surprising it took this long in a lot of ways. It is surprising. And, you know, everyone likes to tell their Triumph stories. But now this gang that got arrested with Triumph has the best. I mean, getting arrested is. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I, I don't think anything. It's a lot that. of cred. Yeah. I mean, Robert is, he's the Werner Herzog of comedy. He. <laughs> He, when you th- he I mean, has to get the shot. He has to get that boat over a mountain mm-hmm. sometimes. Not all the times, but sometimes. And he usually, he gets it. It's 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 very impressive. And Yeah, but this wasn't the Westminster Dog Show. Right. I think it must have been different doing it at this place where there's a lot of people who maybe want to use this for their own right. political gain. And of course, the Capitol Police now are, you know, they... Yeah, they're on alert. They were the mutts last year after the, uh, you know, insurrection. So they have to... Right. Now, you know, they see any puppet in the hallway. They've got to arrest Exactly. <laughs> and as we record this, there's been no response yet. I, I, There's a Colbert show tonight. Yeah. I'm really curious how he's going to address it, if at all. We should say we should, we've heard from... Triumph and the crew that they're okay. They're okay. But they can't talk about right. this incident because of it's an ongoing legal But Triumph could issue. talk about it because he's a dog. You're right. I mean, unless they processed him as well and arrested him. But <laughs> Oh, I would really love to see a Triumph mugshot. I, I'd love to see that. I'm sure there's some out there somewhere. Yeah. So Triumph maybe might appear, who knows, he could appear on Colbert and yeah. Robert could play his lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, I was thinking. <laughs> Because Robert does a great Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> I bet he does. Yeah. So, and that would be a that would be a great Robert Triumph bit where him going back and forth with the two voices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope you pitched that to him. Believe me, I'm sure he that knows. occurred to him while he yeah. was getting <laughs> stopped in the hallway. I'm sure he was immediately thinking, "All right, well, now you know we have to shoot." The dog getting conjugal visits in the jail. <laughs> Humping yeah, from some a, dogs. From yeah. a German Shepherd. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they're okay. And how's your, you still working on your new job? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's only been a, a couple weeks, but I'm really loving being back in a writer's room. Oh, that's got to be great. It's so fun. I really miss, I Good. mean, I of course miss our writers sure. in our well, room. Well, yeah. I mean, nothing will ever equal that experience. It won't. It won't. Nothing will ever top that. And it's of course no. unless and we're going to keep chasing it for the rest of our lives yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. coming Just up short. Try, you're trying to get that initial high back. But no, that sounds great. So it's yeah, a fun, sounds it like a fun group. Feels good to be you know back around. Yeah, my people. Yeah. Well, that that sounds. I'm so ha- happy for you. That sounds great. Oh, thanks. Uh, well, I've can announce today that I am officially signing up for the um, Alcatraz Shark Swim. Yeah! Oh, I'm so glad. 
Except for we won't have any more episodes, so we can't check back no. in to hear how it so went. That's why I'm announcing now. No one can tell whether I'm lying or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Well, yeah. That's well, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I've been literally actually ramping up my training for it. And that's I've never right. trained I know you for were anything before. Having to do a timed swim, right? Yeah, and I, I did like I swam a mile at Zuma Beach yesterday morning with wow. these other swimmers who meet twice a week. So oh, that's my that? new instead of the writer's room, I'm hanging out with um long distance swimmers. Hardcore swimmers, yeah. They're hardcore swimmers and they're polite to my face. And then uh Yeah, that sounds terrifying and cold, right? Well, I like the cold water. Okay. It's it's sixty six degrees, which I don't wear a wetsuit. Ooh. Ooh. I'm good down to 62. Do swimmers sweat while you're working out? I mean, is that a thing that happens? <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to go somewhere. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Well, I haven't done it yet. I know, but you but signed you're up. Proud that you're proud that I'm verbally saying I'm going to do and something. The, yes. I think that was the harder part for you. Good job saying you're going to be an astronaut. <laughs> that's that's what I feel like. I feel like <laughs> I'm saying I'm going to grow up on August 7th to become an astronaut. Like it, it's... No, but it's so much easier to just quietly do something and right. then announce it after the fact. Yeah. Well, that's called in, having intelligence. <laughs> Only a moron such as myself announces it beforehand. What a jinx. What an awful, stupid thing to do. But you know what? Some of our friends also like have heard about it and they like want to come and watch it, which... Oh, cool. Are there going to be boats going alongside where you could watch doubt, people do it? No, I, I okay. don't think it's like a flotilla. I, you, they just wait for you on the shore? Yeah, but I don't know what, what there is to watch. There's just like yeah. these dopes swimming in... You know, maybe if you'd see the three guys who escaped from there in 1960, or if there was a shark attack. Yeah. Now that's something. I'm not worried about sharks. A lot of people were worried about... But I would be worried about sharks. I feel like my meat is probably pretty rancid by this point. <laughs> Just, so I feel like I'm... A lot of gristle. They should hire me to swim. I feel like I'm good shark repellent. So I'll protect everyone else around me from a shark yeah. attack. <laughs> I would draft off of right. you. So this whole season has been a retrospective of Conan's late night career. And we did want to come up to the present, but in order to understand the present, you have to understand the past. Wow. So we asked Conan and his executive producer, Jeff Ross, to come on together. We thought that would be interesting to hear yes. about their relationship because they've been in a professional relationship for almost 30 years now. Yes. Uh, it seems pretty productive and healthy. And you know what? I, I Everyone was like, oh, that, I don't think they've ever been <laughs> in the same room in together room talking together? about yeah. <laughs> it. It's one or the other. So, But then once we got them on, and I kind of thought, oh, you know, we'll get to hear about their the whole arc of their relationship. But we right. really didn't get past <laughs> year one. I think we covered three days yes. in their relationship. There was a lot to... To say and and I think Conan really got into reliving it with Jeff there yes. to confirm. Yes, Jeff Jeff ended up nodding his head a lot. Like it's true. That's that's what happened. He did. You won't hear him nodding his head, but right. just imagine that he's doing that. I think the details of their origin story are seared into both their heads and minute details. So Conan was like, "Okay, you want to hear about how we met? Check this out." And it's 
they were great stories. It's amazing. But it's great. I know. Yeah. So without further ado, here is Conan O'Brien and executive producer Jeff Ross. I'm Conan O'Brien and I'm here with Jeff Ross, longtime executive producer. Came in, what, 2007, I think he came mm-hmm. in. No, that's a, that's a joke. He, uh, he started on the show before you did. Jeff was there before I was there. Yeah. And we have agreed to be on Inside Conan. Thank and this you. has been a year-long negotiation. It's been a <laughs> lot of back and forth with the lawyers. Yeah. We got the green and M&Ms that you asked for. I wanted to make sure that you had spoken to every prop master <laughs> right. who ever worked on the show. <laughs> Before you got to me. Yeah, every custodian. <laughs> well, we've and, talked to both of you. Oh, that's true. Separately, but right. never together. Mm-hmm. And now we're here to compare your stories. Terrific. We don't think you've ever been in the same room for an interview before. That's a terrific idea. Jeff, I think we have. I think Jeff we, is not. He's. I think it's a Friday, and you're like, no, no, you'd no. rather you want to start your weekend. This is just another sandbagging by Mike Sweeney. Uh, I have. <laughs> zero, I wish I had an agenda. I wish I had that. First much of all, power. Jeff, you just got back from Cabo. You've been away for fair. a week. What? And yes. And he's he's acting like get me. I've got to exactly. get back. Exactly. He's already like, what am I doing here? I got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, he has his own tequila now. It's a subsidiary <laughs> of Cabo Wabo. It's called Jeffy Weffy's Cabo Wabo. It's actually called Conzy Wonzy. Conzy Wonzy. Conzy Wonzy. We're not promoting that on this podcast. Well, no. you just did. It's a good and idea. that's not coming out. Uh, that's how we pay the bills. <laughs> Only CBC products. But uh, yeah, so uh, we're here and we're open to this examination. <laughs> this. This is the Warren Commission on Conan O'Brien's career. I'm getting the impression you two never talked to each other. How could one bullet do that much damage? We just passed the statute of limitations, so now you can't be prosecuted for Great. anything we'll in those early years. Yeah. Well, maybe we can start at the very beginning. Uh, what were your first impressions of each other? Well, we should tell the story that... How you met. How yeah. You met. Yeah. Because, and then I'll set it up, and then Jeff, you can take it away. Yeah. Basically, to take people way back when, in the Wayback Machine... David Letterman announces he's, because he didn't get The Tonight Show, he's pissed. And um, he's angry. He feels like that he was in line for that. Jay got it. Forget his last name. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so Letterman's upset. And then he does the thing that NBC doesn't see coming. He says, I'm out of here. Yeah. And they never thought he would do that, I think. And so suddenly uh, there's an opening. They need a host for 1230 and... At the time, people don't understand now. Now, I mean, you, there's no such thing as a time slot anymore, right. really. But there's just an infinite number of jobs now and shows. Back then, when a, when there was a space available, it was like a once-in-a-decade event, especially yeah. in late night. It was a big deal. It was a huge deal. Yes. And everyone was like, who's going to replace Dave? And what they the affiliates were getting nervous. So NBC had an idea, which is to stall and to keep the affiliates calm, we'll just tell them Lorne Michaels is going to figure it out. Mm. The you know producer starting not live, and he always makes the right choice. So Lorne will do it, and so Lorne agreed to that. I think you know, and with the understanding that he would produce it, and that bought NBC some time with the affiliates. They're like, whoa, oh, good, good. Well, and Lorne is right, figuring it right. out. It's being handled. It's being handled, and so then, and that's great shorthand. Oh, it was a very good idea on, um, and NBC has only had good ideas. (laughs) This was an incredible team, a brain trust. And then they, um, so Lauren's handling it. And then Lauren's first move before he picks anybody Mm. is he knows a young lad named Jeff Ross Mm -hmm. and he dials the phone. Jeff 
fresh back from Cabo, even back then. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. This is going to be trashed an on hour tequila. of me getting abused. No, 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 not at all. That's and okay. by the way, this is a six-hour episode. It's more like um, a rectal exam. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> it won't be that pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Those you get medication from. In Mexico. I love a rectal exam if I get the wrong propofol. Uh, so, phone rings, and Jeff, you take it from there. Uh, I'm leaving. Lauren, <laughs> I get the... <laughs> Lauren says to me... I guess it was in the news, or we all knew he was going to produce the show and pick the host. And he says to me, "Would would you produce it?" And I and said, "How well, did you know? How did you know, Lauren?" I, oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's true. That's it's a good thing mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah, that's called a follow up question. I yes. had I had spent a year in Canada producing the Kids in the Hall, and then I was doing some other shows for Lauren and a lot of HBO specials, and I was around, and Lauren knew me, and I guess he just <laughs> he had hired somebody to do something on this thing, so he. He called me and he was like, uh, so, you know, I'm doing this thing. I got the, I got to find the, I got to produce the show the, to replace Letterman. I go, I heard. And he says, you want to produce it? And it, it, it's, it's sort of to what Connor was saying. It's such a surreal thing, for, you know, let alone, you know, uh, obviously you you want to be the host. Somebody says, you want to produce the show that that's going to replace Letterman, which was the biggest thing at the right. time. Mm-hmm. And there's no idea who the host is. So I wound up in this sort of like crazy whirlwind of, nutty ideas and going to auditions. I think at the same time, he was talking to you. He talked to you first, because I knew I had heard your name. We, had, we hadn't met yet. We hadn't met. We and, hadn't met. And Lorne, I had left SNL two years earlier, maybe two and a half years earlier, and gone to The Simpsons. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I was in Los Angeles, and I had moved on. Lorne very sweetly had really wanted me to stay at SNL, and he was saying, you can work from home. It was really oh, nice. Wow, wow. Yeah, he's he ahead was, of his what? time. He really was. He said, he said there's going to be a you terrible virus. Right. <laughs> you know. There's a there's a virus in Wuhan. There's you'll see. And I said, no, I really have to go. I was going through a lot at the time. It'll all be in my memoir. Uh, I was going through a lot of stuff uh, in my personal life. And I was, I think, very unhappy. And I just decided I've got to leave uh, the East Coast. And so I, I, I got this great chance to work on The Simpsons. So I'm there and I really feel like I've put New York in my rearview mirror Mm -hmm. and I've put, uh, even though I had an amazing experience at SNL, I thought that's all behind me now. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's now two years later and the phone rings and it's Lorne. And um, he said that he's setting up the new late night show to replace Letterman. And I'll remember very clearly me saying, well, Good luck because there's no replacing Letterman. <laughs> and I was quite I sorry for whoever gets no, that no, job. I, I really just did. show a test pattern. <laughs> and I an think hour. Jeff probably felt the same way. We both yeah. felt like, I mean, he had been, you know, Dave had, you know, recreated the talk show and, and created this whole new sensibility. And it felt like, you know, um, he had discovered this whole new continent. Mm-hmm. And how do you follow that? And he had carved out 1235 as this. Yes. I, I actually thought it wasn't really going to happen. You thought what? I just thought it wasn't going to happen. Oh, what really? do you mean? In other words, either Lauren wasn't going to produce it or, you know, some something was going to happen and I wasn't going to produce it. Right. So it just seemed not real were you, at the time. Did you hesitate to say yes to producing this show? No, I said yes. You just jumped right in. Yes. Okay. You and you yes, said there were I, a lot of crazy but, ideas. But, I, had, but I, I, I didn't believe it. Okay. okay. And, I, and, and so Lauren at first is talking to me about being the kind of head writer. You know, right. so mm-hmm. so Jeff will be the producer who right. makes it all happen, and right. then I'll be the the head writer sort of producer. And I remember initially being like, "Well, I'll talk to you about it." I had a first of all, I had a a contract at The Simpsons, right? That technically wasn't breakable. 
which sounds crazy, but Fox is yeah. hard. They don't. I'm like, not kidding. They yeah, they and so that. that's I think later had, on in the story. Yeah, so. I had signed like a, a four year <laughs> oh, deal yeah. uh-huh. to be at the Simpsons, and I think I was doing a good job, and they liked having me there. Uh-huh. So um, this is not a place. Uh, not the Simpsons, me specific here. Fox is not a place where you can just say, you know right. what, right? I'm out of here. Yeah. And so um, there was that. And I also kept saying, I don't think anyone can replace Letterman. I, I mean, I was saying that uh, and thinking that and actually still believe it. So, <laughs> I see not, no evidence. No, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I still think that's the case. Case closed. But uh, so Jeff and I are, um, I think we maybe, we, we, we didn't talk yet, but then at some point I, we hadn't met yet. Right. Jeff's just a name. And then I bow out. I say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I remember having an anxiety attack, a really strong anxiety attack right. and thinking, I just can't do this. And I called Lauren, I actually went and met Lauren who had an office at the time at the Paramount lot. And I just said, I can't do it. And he was, I think a little rattled because he I think was telling people I've got this lined up. I've oh, got Jeff. Yeah. I've got Conan. I think he's trying to put and, pieces and together. He's trying to put the pieces together. It's an anxiety attack just on being the head writer of the show. Yes. Yeah. And you don't. And, and you don't know who the host. Is. And I don't right. know who the host is. Right. And so I bow out. And so I'm out of the process. And I remember feeling a huge sense of relief. Huge relief. Yeah. Then a couple of weeks go by, and Lauren I think had a showcase, and I think Jeff went to the showcase. Well, and I, I was on the East Coast doing another show. And I had to go come to L.A. to do a different show. And Lauren calls me to his office, the same office at Paramount. He says, well, can you go to this showcase tonight at the Improv? Uh-huh. And we've talked about this before. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. it was like uh, five comics, all, all male, I believe. Right. And they all knew that they were auditioning for Lauren. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Lauren like was there. And so, was, and so were the guys who read the network. Don Allmeyer mm-hmm. was there. Uh-huh. Uh, Lauren Littlefield was there. John Angolia was there. He was like the business affairs guy. And afterwards, oh, what boy. was it? What was the restaurant? Those guys are always good laughers. Remember the mustache? <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember the mustache <laughs> cafe? Biz affairs. The mustache cafe. Like, it was across yes. from, from the- from I remember the, the mustache cafe. So afterwards, the, they're all going to us. And yeah. Lauren goes, come, come with us. And I'm thinking, this is, it's crazy. Yeah. And we go over there and I'm sitting there and he goes- well, and everybody's arguing about who they thought was good and who was right. not good. And, right. and Omar goes, everybody meet in my office tomorrow. And Lauren turns to me and goes, can you come to this meeting at Omar's office? And I go, sure. And so I go to this office and this is when the connection started. With Conan. Omar's kind of beating up on everybody. Uh-huh. Because that's kind of the way he was, you know. Yeah, he was, uh, Don Omar, uh, you, you all know him, but he, you know him because he was running NBC when uh, the OJ trial was happening. And Don was very good friends uh, with with OJ and um, would get very upset when Norm MacDonald would do jokes that basically said, uh, for reasons I don't, because I don't see the evidence, but uh, but, (laughs) but basically basically say that, um, I mean, on the day of the verdict, uh, Norm MacDonald said, well, it's official. Murder is now legal in the state of California. So So, um, uh, uh, that really didn't endear him to, this is just to tell you who Don Olmeyer was, but Don Olmeyer was kind of like, imagine Babe Ruth at around (laughs) 45 years old, like a big, over yeah. the top. And I have a lot of affection for Don. I want to make that clear. I really do. And I, I think he had a lot of really good qualities and he was very loyal to me in the long run. 
So there's a lot of things about Don that I have very good feelings about, but he was, he could He's sometimes, he could be very intimidating yes. and be kind of, he had a sports mentality because and, and, he had come and, from the world of sports. So it was a lot of like right. kicking guys in the ass and get out there. Come on, you gotta figure it out. Get you your know? head in the game, yeah. you fuckers. And it was that kind of so attitude. So he was sort of putting everybody on the spot to come up with, with um, and, Don, and Ludwin was there and mm -hmm. Rick, Rick Ludwin. Ludwin. Yeah. And so finally, Lauren says, well, I think Conan could do it. <gasps> And he turns to me and says, don't you think? Oh, wow. And, and that was the first time he'd brought it up. He had not met. <laughs> and I, he had never met me. And, and yeah. so I smartly go, yeah, I think so. That's how you survive in show exactly. business. Great and, improv and, skills. And, 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 and I'll, I'll never forget this. And, and, then, and then Omar goes, well, can we test him? And wow. then Lauren turns to me and goes, can we test him? And I go, yeah. sure. <laughs> so what happens is I'm working at The Simpsons like yeah. a... A normal everyday Joe. And I come home with my lunch pail and my hard hat and I put it down and I see that there's a machine. The, the machine is oh. back when you had a machine oh. with Let's a blinking light. what an answering blinking. machine is. Yeah. No, and yeah, so. Um, so I play it and it's, and it's uh, not, Lauren doesn't leave messages to this day, mm. but it's one of his 35 people mm -hmm. saying, um, Conan, could you give Lauren a call? So I call him and he said, look, I know you don't want to do it, but would you uh, be the head writer? But would you be interested in going to an audition? Now, I had a, a panic attack at that, which is right. the idea that I would audition because I was a writer. Now, things have changed a lot since then. This is before, I mean, now Seth Meyers, John Mulaney, there's just this long tradition. Uh, Tina Fey, mm -hmm. people are writers and then um, they get elevated and they figure it out. This hadn't really happened before. Right. And there really was, uh, behind the scenes, I had been kind of a performing writer for a bunch of years, right. doing improv, doing groundlings, right. groundlings yeah. and, and improvisation, and, and constantly, uh, it's where I met Lisa Kudrow, doing, we, I started doing improv in 85. And I was, so I was very interested in that, but I was not a stand-up comic, right. which is really was considered, you have to be, a, it's like to drive a car, you need a license. Yes. Mm -hmm. What do you mean you're not a stand-up comic? Right. So um, That was the mindset back then. Yeah, and I remember at SNL, I was Jim Downey was always putting me in things because mm -hmm. I was the guy who was in the room right. entertaining the room. I, the if you the think room of the, writers. Yeah, in, in in a room full of writers, my and to this day, my favorite place to be is in a room full of writers. Yeah, trying to make everybody laugh and doing a dance for them, uh, or spinning out some wild thread. And so I think Lauren had seen me doing that. Right. He had seen me cracking up Jim Downey, and he had seen me you know, play little utility roles and sketches here and there. Right. And so the notion was maybe. So he talks to me. I'm very nervous. I call Robert Smigel. Imagine. Yeah. Robert Smigel's initial response was, you know, I wouldn't do it if I were you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, listen, <laughs> I, uh, listen, I'm going to... That was for your own sake, I'm assuming. No, yes. no but yeah. listen, he, to be honest, he was echoing everything in my head. Yeah, yeah. Which it's is, what everyone would say. Yeah, which he is said, just... I wouldn't do it if I were you. And I said, and, and what's the reason? And he said, because that is a hard way to get into show business. Like, you're a complete unknown. The knives will be out. He said all the things that ended up, uh, to a large degree, playing out. And he was telling me all that and I was nodding. I remember uh, this was a apartment on Cochrane. No, I'm sorry. No, Hold that. no I'm sorry. No, oh. not Cochrane. That was my earlier Johnny apartment. Cochran. I moved around more than like Ted Bundy. Uh, um, <laughs> Bundy Drive. Yeah. Bundy once said to me before he was executed, you moved around a lot. And I'm like, you know what? 
That's my business. But um, I was on Weatherly, which is okay. kind of near the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah, you could walk. So um, I remember being in this, I had this little, like, I was a guy that didn't know how to furnish an apartment. Mm. I was I just wrote and ate out at Chinese food places at night and worked on my Simpson scripts, you know, completely undeveloped uh, male human. And I was in this little breakfast nook and ro- I remember very clearly the table I was sitting at talking on this shitty little phone and, and Robert saying, I, I don't think I would do it. And I was like kind of agreeing. And in the background, I heard Michelle, his wife <laughs> say, uh, who's fantastic. And Michelle, I just heard her in the background go, and I couldn't quite hear her. And I said, what did she say? And I heard Robert talk to her and then he came back to the phone. He went, well, Michelle says, what do you have to lose? <laughs> and then I heard wow. in the background, Michelle was like, he should do it. What does he have to lose? He's funny. And I had this little like tremor of maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. What do I have to lose? And then Robert went, well, that's a really good point. So <laughs> I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen if mm-hmm. I audition? I'm not going to get it, but I'm right. interested in this getting yeah. out in front of people. So that's when the next thing I know, I'm told by Lauren, okay, we're going to test you. You're to go meet Jeff Ross at the Four Seasons Hotel, which uh, in in Beverly Hills, which was like a five minute walk from my apartment. Mm-hmm. So I walk over, I get to the lobby first because Jeff's up upstairs, beauty regimen, <laughs> putting the cucumbers <laughs> on his eyes. True. He needed a spa hotel. Yeah. And, Guilty um, as charged. And I'm downstairs and there's a lobby. They've changed the lobby of the Four Seasons now, but there used to be this um, kind of business desk that was made of lucite. Right. It was like a clear plastic desk. <laughs> And I was sitting at that clear plastic desk, uh-huh. just waiting. And then Jeff comes off the elevator. We've never met. And he walks around the corner and he goes, and I go, uh, Jeff goes, Conan? And I go, Jeff? And I go, yeah. And then I gesture to the desk and go, what do you think? Uh, like, true. I, could true. I thought you went like this. Yeah, I, I kind of hit, hit the desk and went, what do you think? And Jeff was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. So then we talked about it. We talked about how crazy it was, honestly. So yeah. the chemistry was off the charts. Yeah, right away. Right away. You know what I love? My first interaction with Jeff was disinterest <laughs> right, right. and no faith in me and nothing's changed. He would have been yep. looking at his cell phone Not if true. he'd had one. There was no cell phone. No, Jeff yeah. used to carry a rotary suck, phone. Sucky, sucky right. Jeff had a rotary phone <laughs> a long, in his jacket. Long cord. <laughs> long cord. And he was, it was always getting tangled to things. I was like, hold on, I gotta check my messages. <laughs> Can you so, unroll me? So, it's, just, uh, it's just another example of how surreal the whole thing was. It was right. it, it, you couldn't be- really believe in your heart it was gonna happen. Like yeah. you were probably both laughing at the Yes. Oh, it was and I have to it's say, crazy I was laughing at that point because I, I, I took what Michelle uh, Roberts' wife said to his heart, which is, oh, what the fuck? Just try this. It's not going to yeah. happen anyway. Right. So it's a good experience. Not this doing it. this yeah. story, I mean, we could do nine hours on this story mm-hmm. and I'm trying to move it along. Yeah. But long story short, Jeff starts to, with NBC's help, starts to put together kind of like an audition. Mm-hmm. And the only space they have to use is The Tonight Show. Um, it's always been good luck for me. <laughs> so uh, the idea is when Jay's done with his show, he's going to leave and mm-hmm. the crowd's going to leave. They're going to bring in another audience and I will come out and do a monologue mm-hmm. and then interview two ce- celebrities. And I won't know who they are till I get to Burbank. Wow. So Jeff was putting it together and trying to find the celebrities and I had nothing to wear. So at the time I call my best friend, Lisa Kudrow. And I say, Lisa, 
you've got to help me. And she says, don't worry, I can help you. So she took me to... Ooh, makeover montage. Well, it's hilarious. This is the worst makeover <laughs> montage, but I had no one... You went to Sears. Two-thirds two of the yeah. way through the movie. That's yeah. when they We happened. went to Best Buy. And, <laughs> we went to the no, big and tall uh, show. We went to Fred Siegel. Oh. Down near Santa Monica. And so I have a... Uh, this is... In, I have a 1992 Ford Taurus with a stick shift. Yes. Very proud of that we still have, by the way, still, Jeff. It's, you know what? I can't believe I it is. <laughs> it's still on our budget. Oh my like, god! Of the things oh that my god! Wait, what did you pay for? I don't want it. Uh, that's uh, it's. No, but I mean, it's paid off by now, isn't it? No, no, no. <laughs> the car. You got to store it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, storing it. Yeah, we bought a 50-year... I got on the 50-year plan. It's not a house, Jesse. You don't get a mortgage. <laughs> it could be... You could make it an Airbnb. Uh, so, you could be um, earning money with that car. So I pick up Lisa. We drive over to, to Fred Siegel. And yeah. we go to... We're walking around now. I now know things just from being in show business... I kind of know, like, I should probably, they should put some makeup on me. Yeah. But I also know kind of when you're my coloring, what are good colors to wear? Mm -hmm. Like, blues are really good. Yeah. They make the old blue eyes pop. Mm. And they also, um, what colors really help if you are very, very pale redhead? The one thing I've learned that you're not supposed to do is wear very, very pale, like white. Uh-huh. I should not wear that. So Lisa and I, together, we committed this crime together, <laughs> like Leopold and Lowe. Uh, individually, we would not have killed, but together we did. <laughs> we pick out a white linen jacket. Oh. Uh. A white linen jacket and um, like a white shirt, I think. And I throw it in the back of my Ford Taurus, which by the way, I later found out has radiator fluid in the back, oh, green lady at a floor, oh, which got what? on some no. part of the jacket, but I that I hid. But um, I then, love that that Ford Taurus was the car you drove to yeah. to do this. So then Jeff sets this it's thing crazy. up, and we're kind of talking back and forth. Yeah. Then I drive. It's set up for this time. I drive to Burbank, and when I get there, you guys had worked it out. You had found Mimi Rogers, With Jason Alexander, and Jason Alexander. Right. As, as guests. As yeah. guests. Yeah. And Jason Alexander, of course, uh, doing... Um, Seinfeld at the time. Seinfeld. Yeah. And uh, Mimi Rogers was mo doing movies right. and she had been a model, mm -hmm. modeled and, you know, and so... Married Tom Cruise. They, yeah. They... Uh, brief marriage to Tom Cruise, I brief. believe. Yeah. Worth oh. mentioning. Yeah. And then my first time getting interview notes. So I got research. You, Jeff, had arranged, had asked NBC right. and they said, yeah, we, have, we can use the Tonight Show research. So I was given uh. research that they had on file right. for the last time Jason Alexander had been on The Tonight Show and the last time Mimi uh, Rogers had been on The Tonight Show. So I go in this office and I'm just looking and I'm scribbling out my monologue, which I had been thinking about. How you far had to write that? Yeah, I had no writers. Oh, oh my God. God. How far in advance of the taping was this? Hold on. What? what is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. A, the Vikings that? are landing. He didn't mute his phone. Oh, oh my God. Was, it was like a horn. It was like yeah, a, yeah. It was, Norse, it was a, it was a Norse horn. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I want to use that, in, get that ringtone. I'm in the North Bend. If you see the movie, I interrupt a tribal ritual with my phone. <laughs> so please check out the North Please Bend. keep that in. So how, I, like, how, I like, these are the best moments. Yes. Mike oh. Sweeney's phone just went off and Believe his ringtone me. is a Norse, Norse He's horn. He's been doing this for 25 how years. How far, how much time there wasn't before that the much, taping There wasn't was that much time. Well, oh, this is maybe... The Tonight Show was still going on when I got there. They okay. were still taping it, which might be, maybe they taped it, I don't know, five to six or something. Right, right. And so this would have been after that. I think our taping was going to start at seven, okay. something like that. I'm going over the notes. 
I had come up with an idea for a monologue. Wow. It wasn't wow. topical, wow. Yeah. Uh, which would <laughs> sort of foretell the kind of comedy right. I liked. But it was all about <laughs> the absurdity of me. Um, and I remember the monologue was kind of, uh, I think you actually can see it now, but I think I was very taken with, I need to get this job quickly because um, the Irish don't age well. Oh. And it's, it's a theme I've been working a lot. Oh, and I, I say, was gonna say, holy cow. And, yeah. I was like, yeah. and I was like, my face is acceptable for television now, but as Ted Kennedy is proof that my <laughs> face is going to expand. And I, so I had this whole, and, and then uh, what I remember most is, then it's time to do it. It's really surreal. Jeff's over at the, you know, at the mm -hmm. podium and we go, there's no band or anything. And I come out, and I was immediately surprisingly comfortable. I was just very, I like, I had always liked being on stage. Yeah. And this felt, I was very comfortable uh, doing the monologue. And then I slid over. And the minute I got behind the desk, I was just kind of happy. Mm -hmm. And wow. so Mimi Rogers came out first. And then Jason Alexander was second. I don't know if you remember this, well, but in yeah. between the two, it was like yes. a commercial break, like a fake commercial what break. What happened? In a script packet. I guess it was the research or something. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. I wrote on the, and I just scribbled on the back, you're killing. Yeah. And I That's slid great. it in front of him. And what he did was he. And he looked. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's called producing people. Or something, or, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, you know, I don't Do you still have it? That's long. No, no, we shredded everything right. immediately. Right, 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 right. Jeff wanted we were to like the shred it. We were like the Germans as the Russians right, came. Right, we right. were just <laughs> shredding and burning everything. Um, but yes, I remember that very clearly. And what I remember is the monologue went well and I, uh -huh. I just felt comfortable doing it. And it was very me. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't trying to like tell jokes about Clinton or tell, I was just. And you're doing great icebreaking for that audience to like, yeah. you to knew that they you. didn't know who you well, were. Well, also to let them overcome the shock of this is a very <laughs> right. pale man wearing right. a white right. linen jacket <laughs> with uh, radiator stains <laughs> on the back. But then I cross over and I talk to Mimi Rogers. That and, went well. And what I remember was there was a moment, which if you look at late night moments since, mm -hmm or whatever, you'd think, well, this isn't that, it was fine. Right. But what happened was you got to see kind of, for a second, I think, a Conan-y, I was my very myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mimi Rogers is talking and I'm interviewing her. My posture's terrible, my hair's all droopy, I'm wearing this awful jacket and I'm listening to her and then she said, yeah, you know, people, I model. And she said, and a lot of people say, Modeling's easy, but it's a tough job. And I was being polite and agreeing, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see, I can see. And then I just stopped myself and I go, wait a minute. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> a, a tough job is like turning a big crank. Right. And I mind yeah, turning yeah. a big crank. That's a tough job, yeah. turning a big crank. And people laughed right. and it was very spontaneous. And the Jason Alexander went, well, but that was a moment of me just interrupting and then almost acting out a cartoon yeah. image. comedy, yeah. And, um, inserting my personality into the situation. Right. And then it ended and I went with, I think Lisa and I went to, man, I wish I could. Um, back to Fred Siegel. Yeah, we went back to Fred Siegel to <laughs> sue them. The to sue them. Right. And we put the jacket back on the shelf. I don't know Stain got And there. I said, yeah, I, I can't. Mm, it came like that. I can't you know, wear this. There were cell phones then because I remember driving away. You they, would were they were huge. A car yeah. phone, yeah. And I was in the car and Lauren calls me and says, that went well. And I went, oh. yeah, because he was watching in New York. Mm -hmm. And he goes, but it's going to be Shandling. Yeah. Oh. All right. Whoa. So right away, now this is- Which a, I kind of oh, knew. No. Yeah. So That they were talking. So I had done this thing and this thing, I have to say the audition made me really want to do it because yeah. I thought- yeah. I was like a duck that had never been put in water. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I was like, oh, that felt- 
Right. That, I'm, yeah. And I'm not used to feeling good about anything. And it'll only go well. Yeah, exactly. It'll only go that right. well. Um, but you had a total flip where you're like, now I want well, this. Well, mm. I was excited, but I, I couldn't even let myself think that right. yet. So I was excited, right. but I couldn't get myself to that point yet. But I remember we went out to Kate Mantellini. Remember Kate mm. Mantellini, that restaurant that's on Wilshire? I went there with Lisa and everyone was really excited. And then uh, I was 29 at the time. And my 30th birthday oh, wow. was about a week and a half away. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. So then when my 30th, I'd go back to the Simpsons and it was just, well, get back to work. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then I had a conversation uh, a couple of days later, Lauren called me and I was in my car. So you're right. There were giant car phones, but you know, yeah. I was in my car and Lauren called me. He loves to break bad news on over a phone in a car. <laughs> and he told me, you were great. Yeah. And he said, I'll never forget. He said, Bob Wright loved your interview and he loved the whole crank thing. When you did the crank thing, he <laughs> loved that. And I remember thinking, who the fuck is Bob Wright? I don't know who yeah. Bob Wright is. I didn't know who Bob Wright was. And I said, well, and he said, Bob Wright loves it and Suzanne really loves it. And I said, well, who are who they? Are and, he, and, and Lauren was like, what are you talking about? He's the president of- He ran the network. He ran the network of NBC. And he and his wife, they, they expressed them this videotape out in Connecticut and they watched wow. it and they're like, we like this weird Irish kid with the funny name. Yeah. And um, that crank thing, man, that really cracked us up. <laughs> they're I'm like, still talking. Wow. Yeah. And so, but then he called me later on and said, you know, the same thing that he had told Jeff. He said, look, mm -hmm. it's not going to be you. You're not going to get 1230, but you did yourself a lot of good. And they're probably going to yeah. give you like 130. And I remember thinking, well, that would be oh. great because there's no, no pressure. pressure. Right. If, no I, pressure. if I get 130, there's no pressure. And wait a minute, that's that's cool. Mm -hmm. And I'll never then forget- Then you started wanting that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still want 130. Uh, <laughs> I take that now. No uh, one will give it to you. But I hung up the phone and I was with Lisa and Lisa's like, well, that's, you know, so you're not going to get 1230. And I said, uh, I don't know if, I don't think the shilling's going to happen. And she said, well, Lauren just told you it's going to happen. And I said, I don't know why, but yeah. I just said, it doesn't make sense to me. Gary mm. is a peer of Dave's. Mm. And he's killing it with his own show, Larry right. Sanders. Yeah. And he's getting all of his critical acclaim and right. awards for making fun of the form. Right. Who right. wants to go in, it, go in every day and try and do it? Yeah. And I said, mm -hmm. I just, it's not going to be Shanling. I don't mm. think Shanling's going to do it. Uh -huh. I think it doesn't make any sense to right. me. He's too cautious. He's too smart. He's not going to, no, he's not going to want to go right. in every day and figure this out. And sure enough, that's what ended wow. up happening. Yeah. I think I told the story, but I was... I was out for lunch or something. I had an office of Broadway video in New York. And I come back and I had all these messages when they used to be like paper messages right. that you would, Pink. you know. Yeah. And they were all people that had something to do with, it, it was just obvious. I was like, right. holy oh. shit, he got it. Oh, wow. And how long? It was just a couple of weeks after. What was it? How long well, was I remember one of the last things I remember from the old life, the... um Black and the white, the times. black and white portion of Wizard of Oz um, <laughs> before I opened the cabin door. What I remember really well is I had a birthday party. It was when I turned 30 mm -hmm. and I had it at my apartment on Weatherly. Apartment on the second floor was a sort of a duplex old 1920s place. And all my friends at the Simpsons and my writer friends came over and everyone brought gag gifts. <laughs> like someone brought me, uh, Arsenio's like had written a book, like his, bi you know, oh. and, and people So they were, all knew that you were in this process. That was no yeah, gag. Yeah, they, yeah. No, everyone knew that I was in this yeah. process and everyone was talking about it, but it was kind of funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, well, here's your how-to book right. by Arsenio yeah, yeah. and everybody's, and, and, and um, <laughs> Jeff was there and we yeah. had this nice birthday party, which was yeah. April 18th, 1993. 
And then it was a... I was like, see ya. It was yeah. like, see, see ya. I'm going right. back to New York. Yeah, Jeff's going back to New York and I'm get on with my life. And it's in the back of my mind that something might happen, but I don't right. know what. Right. Mm-hmm. And I I want to say it's maybe... A, I, I, I could look up the exact date, but it may have been a week later. I'm in a record at The Simpsons. It was in the basement in the building on the Fox lot. And the way you do a record is there's a table read first. Right. So the whole cast is there and we go through the script and then it's done and everyone applauds. And then what happens is we quickly talk about what changes may need to be made before they start doing the record. And the writers are all going to work that out make these changes as they're recording to try and tighten it up just a little more. And I remember we had just finished and we're starting to talk about it when there's a phone call and uh, someone in the room said, Conan, the phone's for you. And I picked it up and I put the phone to my ear and it's Gavin Pallone, who's still my manager. Uh, I've been with him forever. He said, you got 1230. (gasps) And I don't know why, but I went, and I said this not in a celebratory way, right. I said it in a defeated way. He said, you got 1230, and I went, I know. Because oh. <laughs> I just had this- You had a premonition. I just yeah. knew for some fucking reason. It wasn't over. Especially so once what you I didn't did want it, was then I, you're I hung up the it. phone, yeah, I hung up the phone, yeah. and I start to re- quietly walk out of the room. I didn't say anything to anybody. Leave the room, I, go, I, ru- I walk up the stairs, uh-huh. I walk outside, and I was told by Gavin, I said, I know. And then he said, uh, Donald Mayer's calling you in like five minutes in your office. And I hung up and I start walking and then I start going into a slight, it's very cinematic, but I start right. walking fast. Then I start running right. and I run to my <laughs> office and then he's saying, okay, here's the plan. You got it, kid. I think it's all crazy, but you got it. Now here's the idea. <laughs> he said, you're going on the tonight show tonight. Cause I'm sick of us getting scooped. What? They've scooped us the whole time. Then we're going to show that we're going to flip the script on the media. He had this very like combative, yeah. sporty kind yeah, of. Yeah. So he said, "Jay's gonna just say we got the new host for the for the late night show. Here he is, and you're gonna walk out there, yeah, and yeah, you're just yeah, gonna." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "Kick it in the balls, you know, oh. and really show him who's who." And I'm just the kid that just came out of a record. Yeah, and I'm like, um, oh, and he's like, shut up, <laughs> get in your car and get over to NBC right now before the press finds out. So the next thing I know, I'm driving over to, uh, and I'm in a total oh no uh, yeah. panic, and then. Sure enough, Jay calls me out and I remembered Robert. And I think this is good. Robert was like, don't take any big swings. Right. You know, because the worst thing that I could do. Michelle in the background is going, I was kidding. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She was like, you do. do? You have a lot to lose. The Simpsons is a good gig. Yeah. So what Robert said. I I just basically went out there and went, you know, yeah, it's real. You know, and Jay was like, well, you know, good luck to you. And then whatever. And played it straight. I just played it straight. Like I and I remembered uh, people were like, well, if that's the new host of Late Night. And I was like, you know, he didn't come out and kill. And I I think Olmeyer really wanted me to go out there and say, all right, everybody, now listen to this, you know, and that's do the great thing smart. Yeah. Well, Jeff, so you that I was out there. I was okay. in New York. back in New York. I was in New York. Did, and did you, you tune had to in? start producing. I did. Did you I guys talk before he went on? Uh, I don't think we probably. No, I don't think so. Okay. All I'm right. not sure if we did it. I don't remember. All right. So then what happened yeah. next with you two? We had to figure out how to make a show. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, 
and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And Conan came to, back to New York, got a place. I had to, well, the crazy thing is I had to go, they wanted to introduce me to the press in uh, the Rainbow Room. Yeah, yeah. That was the first big hurdle was, I had to immediately come east. It was not clear, because then NBC started to get into it with Fox, and Fox was like, excuse me, he's under contract. Oh, I, I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, well, this one in a billion year right. accident yeah. just yes. happened, Hello. where one of your writers is gonna get to, and, um, it wasn't, again, I want to be clear, it was not The Simpsons. The Simpsons were right, really right. great about it, but there was an executive at Fox who was saying, no, I don't. <gasps> so uh, NBC and I, I think had, I think I had, I think had to pay money. I had to pay money and oh. NBC had to pay money to get me out of my wow. Simpsons contract. Wow. Uh, That's crazy because yeah, at the time you... these shows were making so much money right. and they were nickel and diming every little thing mm-hmm. you could yeah. even think of. It was, That's how they made it. Was they insane. weren't Extra happy for below. you. No, yeah. but um, it was, they, you had a line at the press conference. Yes. What was it? The press conference had very much the feel of, we, we, you know, we all met. It was going to be in the Rainbow Room, which is the top of Rockford Center. And right. everyone from the press corps was going to be there. And I was going to go out and meet the press. Mm-hmm. And we all met at Lauren's apartment and the NBC people were there. And then we walked through yep. the park. Yep. It is now early May. And we're walking through the park. And I'm seeing Rock, Rock Force Center get closer and closer and oh, closer. Right. And I know that I have to go to the top of this tower and then meet the nastiest press yeah. uh, in the history also of media. Cinemat- this is cinematic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're walking there. And then as we are getting to 30 Rock, trying to keep it light and trying to stay loose, a reporter comes up to me. He says, I forget if he said he was from The Post or Newsweek, but he said, hey, Conan, my job is I was at Letterman's. Letterman had pre- had a press conference for his new CBS show okay. at Radio City like the week before. Okay. And of course, being, you know, he killed, destroyed. Right. He said, I was at Letterman's press conference last week. And I know how many laughs he got. And my job is to count how many laughs you get <gasps> no. and see how you stack up. And he, and t- he told me that oh. as we were going through the, on the, on, on the north side. That should be illegal. Right, right in between Radio City and Rockford Center. We were going in right there and he was like, my job's to count how many laughs. You know, so it was literally like, good luck Spartacus in the oh ring. Wow. So I go up there, Lauren talks briefly and then they, inter- and there's a shot. I mean, Vanity Fair covered it at the time and there's a great um, 
the iconic <laughs> photographer. Annie Lewis took a shot of me, a reverse shot. I'm in the front and it's the entire press corps and explosion of photographs. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I'm, I, as I said, I'm a week and a half uh, earlier. I was uh, in the room at the Simpsons. Right. And, yeah. It's still not real. No, but I remember that the thing that saved my ass was I get up to the microphone. I know, now I remember. And Stuttering John from the Howard Stern Show is there. Yep. And he's wearing uh -huh. a terrible, he's wearing a fake mustache <laughs> and fake glasses and uh, like uh, a wig. Uh, and uh, so he goes like, Conan, Conan. He said, who did you have to sleep with to get this job? And I just just said, uh, no one I wasn't sleeping with before. Next question. And everybody laughed. Uh, uh, and then I was like, hey, hey, that's stuttering John. John, take off the wig. Because he kept <laughs> his job was to fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was I was loving it. And and I was anytime he'd say something, I'd be like, I would have fun with it. And then I was like, John, come on, take off the and it ended up Is it wasn't there a, somebody said to you something about being a relative unknown? No, no, you're a, yeah, he said, Sir, aren't you a relative unknown? And I no, I he uh, said, how is it? What Conan, do we, how are you, aren't, yeah, aren't you a relative unknown? I said, Sir, I am a complete unknown. <laughs> and then people were <laughs> That's like, great. Oh, That's great. he's That's what I remember, I was thinking. Yeah. foolishly, the press conference went really well. Yeah. And the take was, well, he's funny and it could work. That's and all you wanted. He got three laughs. He got three <laughs> right, laughs. Right. Yeah. I'm dying to hear that <laughs> but, the count. I want to dig up that article. But, um, but you did a thing that you've done every time since, I think, where you have the, an event. Is like yeah. if you can find one person mm -hmm. yes. to play as a true line of. and to, to play off of. And, and you've always been great at I always try and find who's going to be my foil right. yeah. and then use them as the through line. And Stuttering John was there and he was my foil. And to make things even crazier, that event's over. And the first thing I hear is um, Bob Wright of We Love the Crank. Bob Wright's having a 50th birthday right. party in Connecticut. And they want you to go up and, and be the one of the oh one of the people who doesn't stop. No, one of the people who speaks. And uh. it's in three days. And I said, <laughs> OK, oh so I come up with an idea for what I could do. And I worked on it with Robert. I get in a town car with Lorne, because he's coming too, and we drive out to this nice part of Connecticut, and we walk into this very fancy country club where there's a big party, and I recognize all these famous people. Yeah. You know, there's all, all these people from the Today Show and right. all these mm -hmm. people from all the different NBC shows are there oh. to salute Bob Wright on his 50th, and my job is to get up and speak, and I get there, and who's standing ramrod straight in the corner but Johnny Carson. Oh, my God. And, John, and I am the opener. <laughs> this guy can't catch I am, a break. I am the opener for Johnny Carson. And yeah. my previous oh, experience oh. is I did some I did some pretty good improv at the Groundlings <laughs> and um, ha thought of one good quip with uh, Mimi, Mimi Rogers. Rogers. And so he's standing there <laughs> and he's wearing sunglasses inside, remember? And he just looked, it's Johnny Carson. Right. It's yeah. the biggest thing and suddenly I'm being introduced to him and I said, well, I called him Mr. Carson and he went, please mm -hmm. uh, call me Johnny. And I went, oh, Johnny. And he was very, he seemed kind of quiet and reserved. Mm -hmm. So I didn't say that much to him. And then I got up and I think the idea that I went with was giving a toast about someone I clearly don't know. Mm -hmm. uh -oh. So it was like, what can I tell you about, you know, Bob Wright? And yeah. it was, all the jokes were things like he's, I think five nine. <laughs> 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 He is the, and it's clear I've just looked right. stuff just up looked on up. Wikipedia, yeah. uh, which actually didn't exist. Didn't exist. No. Um, had that experience. And then he like applauded and gave like a little like good for you kind of 
Yeah. That was okay. It was fine. Right. And, um, it was but no it, crank. Yeah, it was no crank. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, follow that, Carson. Yeah, I, I should have totally. I should have totally been like, and now fucking Johnny Carson is going to try and see it. Uh, but then he got up and, of course, um, blew the lid off the place. Mm. Uh, but that was how rapidly insane things that were happening. Oh. You know, it was like Rainbow Room, meet the New York press yeah. and be confronted by Stuttering John. Off mm-hmm. to open for Johnny Carson. And it was just this cavalcade of craziness, I remember. And then it was, go meet all the affiliates. I had to go like uh, around the United yeah. States and meet affiliates. That Fly seems around. at least like, uh, no, that's no that fun. seems like a, a cool down period compared but to what you just described. The one point I would make that I'm still blown away by is that this process of right. bullshittery that had to happen of press and affiliates and birthday parties and... By the time that's over, it's late May, early June, and our start date was September 13th. Right. Yeah. No band. Uh-huh. No writers. It's myself and Jeff. Just no Jeff bookers. Ross. Yeah. No set. They've completely uh, taken out the Letterman set, and so there's just a 6A is just an empty concrete rectangle. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that never makes sense to me is how quickly... You know, today, when I hear about someone doing a show, it's like, well, you'll see it in six months, you'll see it in a year, and I've got to figure the idea that they found the person with the least experience yeah. in the history of the medium and said, you can really get started on June 1st. Right. right. I wasn't After exactly, the press tour. I, yeah. was, I wasn't exactly experienced at doing a late night talk show. I've done a lot of a lot of different types of right. shows. You did but, yeah. and kids in the hall, but yeah, that's but, a totally different yeah, pre-tape. It, it, there is nothing. Lo- well, there were only two or three shows of that kind yes. of time. So you know, I have no experience. So you were both learning. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Job. So was crazy. who did you turn to for? Uh, I didn't advice really. Lauren, have, or, yeah, well, you know, he's probably pretty yeah, busy. He, and, no, a little bit of Lauren. You know, yeah. Lauren. There was a lot of we had a lot of Saturday Night Live people helping us, and <laughs> and in different different uh, variations of helping and not helping. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they were trying to kill us or what, uh, but uh, dude, that's a whole nother. Uh, that's it. Episode. You realize this is nine podcasts. Yes, yes. Uh, we're, we're and we sort of we had to, we had to, we had to sort haven't of even and gotten I, to nineteen ninety. I knew a lot of those no. people because I'd worked with them before, and I we sort of managed July. our way through that and. Yeah. The process of getting a band was insane. Right. The process of getting a cell built, built was insane. There is a story, a uh, crazy story behind everything yeah. and um, Every moments, moments of true despair to the point of there were, I think, maybe seven different times just in that summer where I fantasized, uh, no joke, about getting hurt. I didn't want to die. Like, I didn't right. want to. Yeah. Right. But I remembered very clearly thinking if I was, if I was hit by a car. Mm-hmm. It was very clear to me that it, it that it can't be my fault. But if something were to happen to me and I'd be right. badly injured, I'd be off the hook. That might be ideal. Right. Yeah. And and that might be a good way. And so I would also want an induced coma. I would. Yes. I just would want to check. <laughs> you know, it, was how, I, it was generous. It was Robert Morton, who at the time was producing the Letterman yeah. Show. He was oh, generous. Yeah. He, he was, was a friend of mine. He, he was, you were already friends. That's yeah, great. But he was yeah. generous about it. And was there an early moment you two remember being thrown into this where? There was like a like things you bonded over in particular. Just we've never bonded. <laughs> eight minutes we ago, want you to hug. eight minutes ago, I really started to think this Jeff Ross guy. There's something to him. My whole thing was just try to make it as easy as possible for for Conan. 
Right. Just try to keep them away from all the bullshit. And uh-huh. the, at that time, it was kind of impossible right. because there were a lot of opposing forces. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and people who were less than helpful sure. when they were made like they were being helpful. It was just a lot of crazy. And like passive on. aggressive, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot, a lot of craziness. And, and I, I think the, uh, and this is where I really have to, I think I've, I've tried to say this a lot in my career and on my last TBS show, and but it can't be said enough. The two big things that had to happen were initiated and made possible by Lorne. So first of all, there's this weird opening in the universe. I always make fun of Marvel movies because I hate a portal that opens in the sky. <laughs> right, right. I always think it's a portal right. opened and yeah, lazy, yeah. lazy writing came in exactly. another dimension. And so, um, but this weird portal opened in the sky where there was a second where this big TV job was kind of in play. Mm-hmm. And Lorne, for whatever reason, and I still maintain he may have fucked up, said, <laughs> uh, Conan O'Brien. Now, that's huge because Lorne was the only person in show business who had that power, one of the only people. And he's also clearly saw something yeah. and, mm-hmm. and said, I think he could do it. Probably regretted it almost immediately. And I've actually told this to <laughs> when I went back to SNL a couple of months ago, I said, I'm sure you regretted that immediately. And he was like, no, but I could tell like, <laughs> um, but uh, in fairness to Lorne, he did that. And then the second thing he did was he said, Jeff Ross. Mm-hmm. And my dad over the years, who likes to ask a question more than once, the same question, um, would over the years go like, now how did Jeff get into the equation? And I would always mm-hmm. say, um, well, Lauren was the one right. who, who brought Jeff in. And right. he would go like, well, Jeff is very key. And I go, yes, Jeff's the key, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, I'd count a year and a half. Right. He'd be like, now tell me how did, how did Jeff, yes. is, is he, that's important because, because Jeff is very, he <laughs> seems to compliment your energy. Yes, that's right, Dad. We've talked about this several times. Yeah, 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 sure. Is Lisa Kudrow still buying your clothes? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to Lisa Kudrow? <laughs> well, a year later, she did a show. I'm not done with my question. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, but uh, Lauren, by just moving his pinky, he says, right. well, it's Conan mm-hmm. O'Brien and it's right. Jeff Ross. Right. Yeah. And I do think the... Um, those are two massive key moves. And then the mm-hmm. third move that needed to happen at the beginning was Robert Smigel. Mm-hmm. And I pushed for that. And of course, I only knew Robert because of SNL, mm-hmm. where I'd worked with him for all these years. And I knew that he had the sensibility, like we used to right. talk about this. We used to talk about comedy. And I knew that Robert kind of had to be there. And Lauren, you know, I think was reluctant to lose Robert from SNL, and that was a whole story. But when you think about it, the three main players that needed to happen for everything else to happen Mm -hmm. really come through top and SNL, and they happen fairly quickly. And then the rest is, I always think it's one of those movies, like you start with Robin Hood and he's walking through the forest and then, you know, he starts fighting with someone on a stream and it's, it's Friar Tuck, you're with me. And then you pick up people as you go. I, I think of it as... Jeff and I pretty much start the journey out together uh-huh. and Robert's there almost immediately. Then it's the three of us. And then it's this whole odyssey of, of Mary Men. you know, literally uh, Jeff Garland saying, hey, check out this guy, Andy Richter. Mm-hmm. And we do, and I have lunch with him yeah. and um, meet him at a, at a deli, as I've said many times. Mm-hmm. And he came in and I immediately, I mean, a lot of it's instinctual, but immediately right. I was like, this guy needs to be part of this adventure. Yeah. 
because he's fantastic. You were like Lauren all of a sudden. Yeah. You were just like, ah, this guy. The stuff that's fascinating to me is how do you, those initial elements are the fascinating part. And right. then everything else is right. a good story. And you guys have done a great job of mining these incredible stories because we put together, because it happened so quickly and so strangely, we put together a group of people that didn't know anything about TV <laughs> and um, <laughs> and really didn't have experience. And then we ended up, you know, we inherited our crew from uh, Letterman's old show. A lot of them, right. And he did, Dave did a very different kind of show and suddenly we're telling 62 year old cameramen who've never had to move, we've got a funny idea where Conan races down 6th Avenue right. and you yeah. follow him. And they were like, right. how about you go fuck yourself? I'll be on a break. Yeah. And um, once you hit September 13th, when we premiere uh, 93, the next two years is us. Year and a half. Two and a half. No, no, no year and a half too. I thought. No, I think, I think it was solid over two? two years yeah. of, we're in terrible, terrible danger of being yeah. canceled any right. second. We were Just canceled fear. at one point, but also justified fear because, yeah, there was, we yeah. were. I mean, you've said it, it, it was week to week for it a while. Was and just, it was almost day to all you, day. All we did was, I, this was the way I felt as I had like yeah. visors on. I was like one of those horses. Right. You know what I mean? You still you are very, blind, you're blinders. still very horse like Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> we give Jeff a, a sugar a cube after, after every anecdote. Uh, I, guess, sugar I, bag. I, I could use one now. <laughs> this goes much longer. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Jeff, uh, we haven't even gotten but, but to you your know, side. But you know what I'm saying? This, we're going to go back and retell the whole story yeah. through no, but her you realize voice. that this is... You just have to put your head down and not pay attention to a lot of things. And just yeah. go forward. I mean, I think it's just... <laughs> I still, to this day, cannot believe <laughs> that somehow we got away with it. <laughs> I, I, I don't... 100%. And, you know, one thing I wanted to say... I had this, one of the surreal moments just pop into my head. And one of them was... We move in and we take over these offices. They were offices that had been like an insurance company or something, <laughs> um, but that ended up being our late night offices for all those 16 years. And we move in and there's no, there's nobody yet. I mean, literally there's myself and Jeff. We had offices on the opposite, remember the, yeah. the opposite yeah, yeah, corners? Yeah, yeah. Jeff, and there Jeff, was nobody else there. Jeff so took you're the, literally a hundred feet apart. We had two corners. Wow. At least, at least a hundred yeah, feet apart. Least. But Jeff, Jeff had the offices that looked <laughs> at the, at the sign for Radio City on the right, north side. Right. And I had the south side. I was down like where the writers are and Jeff mm -hmm. was up where it's, you know, all the adults who right. make the show really work are up on that the side. Bookers, and I was with the idiots. The and, um, but at the time there's no one's there yet. People are in the, yeah. we're in the process of hiring people. So you could look it up, but Dave winds up his last late night show, probably sometime in June, I'm guessing. And where am I? I'm on the ninth floor wow. in my office and I'm watching the feed. Yeah. And I'm watching wow. Dave record his last show. Just uh, three yeah. floors below you. Three floors below yep. me. And he's recording wow. in the studio that I'm going to take over. Mm -hmm. But we haven't even gotten started yet. <sighs> and I'm sitting there watching it. And so Dave does this amazing show, last show. And then Bruce Springsteen comes out and does Glory Days. Right. <laughs> and I'm in my office watching this. And then it ends. And Dave does his final words. And he says, I'm moving on. This has been a really... And he says, the last thing he says is, and uh, Conan O'Brien, I don't know much about the man, but I, I believe he shot somebody once, you know, which it would always get a- Sure. And then uh, he said, uh, I hope someday he has me on his show. That'd be nice. Anyway, good night. Uh, that ends. And I'm like, for the first time, as long as Dave was on the air, right. I felt this isn't real. Yeah. It's down and the road. once he left, suddenly it's like, 
you're up, kid. Oh, wait. Right. Put on DiMaggio your... just left the batter's yeah. box. He just hit a home run. Yeah. You're up. Yeah, hope you're warm. Oh, here I am. <laughs> also, we this went. That feels heavy. <laughs> we went down there after the show. I was going to get to that. Yeah. And what was surreal to me, first of all, they're all there. Who's they? Joe just spelled names down there. They were all everybody's down no, there. No, no, no. But it's like it's it, Letterman's Dave. just done his last show, so there's right. a whole right. thing. Yeah. Bruce is in the hall wearing right. like a flannel shirt right. and sure. having a, a you know a bottle of literally like a he had like a beer bottle because someone had put beer out. It's a prop. And um, yeah, it was just filled with uh, LaCroix. It had LaCroix water the, in it. Part of his look. Give me my uh, LaCroix that looks like beer. Um, so <laughs> Dave was in this little tiny dressing room and someone said, you should go in there. Suddenly I'm in a tiny, tiny room with David Letterman who's just done his last show. And he wishes me well. And I said, well, that was really amazing. And well, I I should go and start making the show that will replace your iconic show, I suppose. And I walk outside and Tom Hanks was a guest on the last mm. show. And Tom Hanks is there yeah. with his wife, Rita. And Tom looks at me and he knew, I knew him from being a writer on SNL. And he, right. you know, he, I, he used to call... Robert, Bob Odenkirk, and I, the and, and Greg Daniels, the Boiler Room Boys. He'd be like, hey, fellas, we're the Boiler Room fellas. Get over here, fellas. Yeah. And so he was like, he looked at me and he he stared right through me and like put his hands on my shoulders and he said, what's just happened to you doesn't happen. Wow. It never happens. <laughs> and I don't know exactly how to take that. But right. he, and I don't think he meant anything, but he was pretty much saying... This is kind of unprecedented yeah. in right. show business history. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go now. Uh, uh, oh, no, Don't fuck no, this no. up. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I also remember being that I remember very clearly. I also wow. remember being in that hallway, and immediately they were ripping the set out. Oh my god! Oh, and my I'm, god. I was just watching them rip oh, the set out and, and shitting on the floor, oh. pretty much, <laughs> and just going. And, and our, our set experience had a little to be desired. You know, with that first set, and and, and we're going through all that. And I'm watching the set being ripped out. And I'm just like, oh my god! Wow, oh, that's real. This is. We just got to figure it out. So it was empty by probably the next two days later. Yeah, an empty space. there's well, a thing. I think that night. There's a thing you hear about a lot back before people. There were rules and laws and about childcare that if you wanted to teach a child to swim, right. you would just take the child and throw him into the right. deep yeah. end of the pool. Yeah. This was, this was like, I'm taking the child into a C-47 plane <laughs> and throwing them out into the Arctic yeah. waters. Right. Yes. And the worst thing about it all was like, I think if it had been done to me, my psychological response would have been, you know, if, if I was told by the government, your name's been selected randomly mm. and you have to replace Letterman and this is your <laughs> your job to save America, I would have had a very different attitude about it. But right. in my own fucked up Catholic way, I think I was very much, you asked for this, yes. asshole. Yes. Yeah. You, and so I- You got what you wanted. I had, yeah, you got what you wanted, fucker. <laughs> now let's see. You know, you put yourself in this position. You said yes, because someone just had to host a talk show. <laughs> And the voice in my head is far more punitive right. than anything anyone yes. can ever say to me. And so I just beat the shit out of myself yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I now think that the crazy thing about when I when I look at the audition or the times I've seen it since, I was more relaxed in the audition mm -hmm. than I was on television yeah. because yeah, that makes sense. psychologically, well, I'm being asked to try out. Mm -hmm. well, I'll do my part. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not nothing too, to lose. Nothing yeah. to lose. And then the minute it's... I took it very seriously yes. and um, it just took me a while 
for the volume. It was literally the volume and the amount of work we were doing and the volume of shows. And it's getting Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours. Right. Yeah. The hard way in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. In front of it. In That's front of everybody. And so part of it you me. could probably see, watch a, some program could probably take one image, three images a show mm -hmm. from every show right. the first two years and speed them up. And you would literally see somebody you know, uh, my skeletal structure would change oh, from yeah. the sheer, I wanted it to work. I was, in, I was not going to not work. Right. I yeah. was remember thinking it was, uh, this is going to work because it has to work because being a, a joke trivia question is not an option. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but to, that to me, just learning to do that on the job. Cause you, you mentioned like Tina Fey and, mm -hmm. you know, Seth, like, Yes, they were writer background, but yep. then they had all this performance right. yep. experience kind yep. of yeah. under the radar. At Second City. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost yep. everyone in television right. started, you know, Letterman was a weatherman. And mm -hmm. even right. that, yeah, it's just true. that little practice. Just, just and you, be, me in front it, of a camera. Just, right. And to be you, fair, it, I, used crazy. To, I used to go to uh, department stores a lot that were selling <laughs> televisions. <laughs> and they used to have a video <laughs> camera. And, and I would do the thing where I... <laughs> I well, swear to God, I I I, I, I had spent a lot of time. Yeah, I had really <laughs> take it back. Really gotten my chops. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, floor five. Yeah, it is a very improbable mm -hmm. story. And what's crazy to me is that's the beginning. Yeah. And we've told you one twentieth of the good stuff because there's so much insanity yes. that happened, and we're saving that for the book. <laughs> um, but. That's just the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And you could believe like, and then finally the ship righted itself and went off to have yeah. a, mm -hmm. a pleasant career. We haven't gotten to the Tonight Show. Like yeah. right. that is in every way as insane and unprecedented yeah. and crazy and counterintuitive as the beginning. Yes. And that happens 16 years later. Yes. Yeah, what I was going to say was, it, 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 isn't that crazy? It was, what's fascinating is we told this part of the story and then you, I go, I was about to say, well, and then we went up those elevators in the coolest building to, that you could do television in in the world mm -hmm. for the next 16 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The volume of stuff and the, uh, the variety of things that we tried. <laughs> yeah. I can't even, I see it now and I have no connection to it. Yeah. So, I mean, we used to do a piece where, we would do a whole like soap opera in front of the audience and with famous people. John Lithgow did it once. John Lithgow did it Martin and Sheen, Martin Sheen did it. And we would have people in the audience wear a green like sock. A green screen. Green screen over <laughs> their mask. head so that we could drop right. them in and put their heads on the bodies of actors, actors who were there so that the audience would have a lot, an audience member who just showed up yeah. And Paul is looking at me horrified. Yeah, no recollection. yeah. Uh, Paula, yeah. Paula Davis <laughs> is here. This one was the first hires. Stay in your seat. This one of the yeah, early it, hires. It, it was called uh, Paula Davis, one of the first people we hired to be our yeah, booker. And she's right. sitting here. And Paula, you don't even remember this. You booked it. You booked. You booked. She didn't know you hosted. Yeah, she. I'm Conan, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, she's like, "Where's Corden?" I'm like, "Okay, we'll get to that." But uh, his American accent is impressive. There are maybe 75 to 100 sketches or more right. that someone could tell me we did. <laughs> right. And I would say that don't do that. <laughs> How would that even work? Uh, um, and stay in your seat theater, it was called. Yeah. So that it was putting out a newspaper 
every day and there was no, you could never not move the clock back. It, and then, yeah. and then in the middle of that, somebody says, let's do the show on the circle line. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a circle line. Right. Well, I, a I circle line for boat. That. Yeah. For right. the, the, they, the boats that go around yeah. Manhattan. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, I have to say, Robert gets a lot of credit for. Mm-hmm. Robert has large eyes. Like, you know, there's that old saying my grandmother used to say, if you didn't finish your food, she'd say, well, your eyes were bigger than your stomach. Right. Yeah. And Robert has creatively huge eyes. Like, yes. I, let's rent a Zeppelin. Yes. Let's fill it with cheddar cheese. Let's get Paula to book. And he makes um, it happen. Yeah. And let's get he Paula. He wills it. He wills it through an insane, you know, and, and things get crazy and right. hairy and there are fist fights and yeah. there's shouting. And maybe, uh, maybe people get killed during the sketch. Sure. Who knows? <laughs> But the whole thing was there was this, uh, when we were really taking heat early on right? In, through at 93 and people are, at the time there were reviews that said things like, it would be really nice if, you know, Conan died, you know, uh, and it'd be great if Andy died with him. Right. <laughs> you know, it just, just people were just very upset by it. And uh, <laughs> um, that was actually in print, was, I think right. once. But uh, Your hometown paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your father wrote <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. I was gonna say, yeah. Written Sorry. by Dr. Thomas O'Brien. Um <laughs> if he died, it, it wouldn't be his fault. You see, he and, never and adequately he, explained Jeff key. Ross to me. Yeah. And just and now he must be punished. Um but uh there was a time when um I think even Lauren was saying, couldn't you just interview people and couldn't it be oh, boy. like mm. because because our comedy was very aggressive and aggressively strange. And I think still looks that way. And they thought, well, this Conan guy, he cleans up nice and he's affable. Why can't he just be affable and chat with people? (laughs) And that way there's there's, there's less sticky edges. (laughs) Instead, um, you know, Conan's yodeling and he's wearing a bikini (laughs) and Andy's dressed as a monkey. And um, there's a punk rock element to it, like like it or go fuck yourself. And but but one of the great things about that, uh, when you wound up your show in TBS last year, were all these successful, like Seth Rogen and all these other big names who, you, would it, this wouldn't even occur to you at the time, you were just trying to do a show every night. Yeah. They all ate the feast of all this comedy you were yeah. making. Yeah, we're like, and finally someone's them. making comedy for me, I and think is I, how I, people I, felt. That must have been very satisfying. It was, but I have to say, my, no? I don't know how you felt, Jeff, but I mean, and, and so many people, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm very, uh, I think the thing that gratifies me the most is that, you know, haters and Mulaney's and all right. these, these people who are so crazy talented and good at what they do and brilliant and they say nice things about and and what our show meant to them back in the day and my immediate response is couldn't you have said anything yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> because nothing you was old enough to write yeah like at couldn't the you time. have written why, why weren't you a nielsen house O'Brien. well in fairness to that it was it, there were a couple of situations <laughs> where somebody's kids yes they were they were hearing like executives yeah. who i can't remember, I who, remember who, was. who was who was it there was a guy who, um, and again, this is probably for another installment, but there was a guy who was sort of hired to kick us in the ass. Oh. And, you know, let's, let's, let's get oh. this thing moving again. I mean, we got to figure this out. And cause it was like an episode of a sitcom where wow. a character comes in, a yeah. drill sergeant moves in with the family. Oh. And boy, does he turn things upside down. <laughs> but I remembered him telling us, you got to pull this together. You got to Then he went off to visit his, I believe it was his son who went to Boston College. So he went and saw, went to visit his son and he was hanging out in the dorm and he's like, so guys, you know, you know, tell me, what, do you, what is everybody watching these days? What are the kids yeah. loving? Yeah. And he said the dorm room was like, Conan. Wow. And wow. he was saying, 
No, no, no. Uh, seriously, no. No, seriously, <laughs> seriously. You know, did you guys like Jag? No, that's just you know, on its way out. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like Caroline in the yeah. City, right? And they were like, no, no. It's, it's, it's. We watch Conan. It's so great and weird. And to his credit, yeah. he did he repeat that. He yeah. told me. He didn't have to tell me, but he told me. Um, well, he's and, got to take credit for it. I mean, in the end, that's probably the kind of thing that saved us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that saved us was nobody was paying attention. We could just do whatever we wanted. Right. Yeah. And then it became. After the initial yeah. rush. Of, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. think what helped save us is that we were in New York. Yeah. And mm-hmm. had we been in Los Angeles Disaster. where they could come in, you know, if if we had been in Los kind Angeles, they could have been there every day and they would have seen me putting on an octopus costume right. Right. and us putting a, a green felt sock over right. Martin Sheen's right. head. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and they would have said, stop. We just right. saw that on the feed. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Have Dick Cavett on and interview him and be pleasant to right. you, motherfucker. And instead, and also I think there was a, we were a car accident. People stayed away from us for a while because uh-huh. no one wanted to, they didn't. to own it. And we we yeah. have to give a shout out to someone who was a real stalwart, yeah. uh, Rick Ludwin, mm-hmm. who is no right. longer with us. Rick Ludwin uh, was the NBC executive in charge of Late Night. And he was horrified by a lot that we were doing early on. <laughs> yeah. But he was there and he was watching audiences laugh at us. He was the right. first executive to get it yes yeah and and, he, and, he, and he had the only one with the balls to go into a room and go it's good he yeah. said yeah. he said something, i don't get it he it's said for me, but he said something's happening here you yeah. know there's something yeah. happening here what it is ain't exactly clear um you can edit that out or <laughs> sure. actually put music we'll, we'll to loop it. it there's a and man it as a with single. i don't think anyone's gonna there. associate that with the actual song i've oh. got to be where <laughs> <laughs> it's time to stop. Don't make that show. Everybody says my favorite Stooges Mo. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is why I really. Topical. Sh- you know what? If I had said, oh, if, if we I had, Al hadn't come along, <laughs> if, I had, if I had sung that ditty at my rehearsal, you wouldn't know me now. I'd be at the guy at IKEA. I who, know there was a divine force helping you through, it. helping me not make stupid songs up. <laughs> but um, yeah, Rick Ludwin said there's something happening there, and he just doubled down and went to bat for us, and uh, what remained a good friend of us all through, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. everything, yeah. and even yeah. through the Tonight Show craziness, yep. was like, nope, disagreed with people audibly, and mm-hmm. uh, got and fi- got, and got, got fired. fired. What are well, the rich? Well, yeah, we, we have to uh, I, wrap this up. We do have to wrap this up. So oh, everyone can just look up the Tonight Show. Here we go show for another two hours. The serious deal. People can read about that online. Well, this was this um, be a new no. spinoff series. <laughs> this was could cathartic. Run twenty seasons, but this it's is t- yeah. amazing. It's tough, and I know I run off at the mouth, but it's very. Um, no, I, it's. I, a... I, I, I'm very. I don't talk about this stuff a lot, and so when it mm-hmm. comes up, yeah. in this forum, you realize it's like PTSD. Right. You start talking, and it's um, it's hard to stop. No, no, it just it felt very visceral. Like you were there and you were remembering right. the Lucite table and it was nice seeing all well, those details. It's also easier to talk to you guys about it because right. you know what it is. Right. Yeah. But also you, the process of talking about it, it's almost like to reaffirm that it really happened. Yeah. Because it was so, yeah. it's Well, so that's crazy. why I will say I'm, I'm grateful to you guys for doing this podcast because as much as I, uh, I have trouble listening to, uh, to, to, our to, to our podcast. <laughs> well, it's just the lack of chemistry. 
let's get a robot and a bar of soap. And um, <laughs> I'll have you know. No, no, uh, no. I hope I'm the soap. Oh, you are definitely the soap. I love being a robot. But bleep, bleep. Uh, and where's my oil? Uh, you know the joint. No, I have trouble. I have tr- I have trouble um, going back. I have trouble going back there sometimes. You know what I mean? I have trouble going back and and but. Um, the fact that you guys are talking to Robert and Bill Tull and you are, you are, I mean, when I heard that you guys had done a deep dive on the old timey baseball yeah. remote and yeah. found Nell. Yes. Yeah. She hasn't forgotten you. And, and found her. And, and that is a magical moment in my life. Yeah. And yeah. this is very name droppy, but we just, Paul and I went and saw uh, Jack White do his show recently. And he was telling me afterwards, we both realized we're going to be in the Seattle area around the same time. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm playing a baseball game then with a bunch of friends and I'm going to be in there because he's uh. on tour. And he said, you should stop by. You could play with us. And he said, and you could do it as an old timey oh. guy. And then he's like <laughs> quoting from it. Oh, and I'm realizing great. he probably saw that when he was like eight, you yeah. know? Um, Why didn't he write a letter? Exactly. That's what got him into comedy. I'm really grateful that you guys are doing this because, you know, you can love us, you can hate us, but whatever happened during this crazy 28, 29 year span was authentic, kooky, and involved a lot of, brilliant, weird, difficult, Mm -hmm. lovable people, Mm -hmm. you know, in this movable feast that just seems to, I mean, now it's continuing in audio form and and I think we'll morph into other things, but I just love that you guys are, are getting these stories down because none of us should have ever been allowed (laughs) to be in Rockford Center or Warner Brothers or any of these places. It's insane. And I love that you're getting, you're you're getting this sort of oral history of a terrible mistake. Right, right, right. Well, people love talking about it too. I mean, it's easy to get, and same, once the juices start flowing, everyone's, it's fond memories and you've meant a lot to so many people. Yeah, there's a lot of stories adjacent to your story. Yeah. You might not want to know about. Yeah, I don't want to know. Speaking of Bill Tullin, I don't props. want to know right, what prison right. Bill was That's in. That's who comes to mind. Bill was Bill Just was being Bill. Bill Tull was being led to the execution chamber when he heard on the radio. They he, made me build yeah. the uh, chamber. The yeah. final appeal. Uh, he, he, he heard he heard on the radio that Conan was the new host of Late Night, and he was like, "That sounds good." And he wriggled free and got out a window. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you stop, both. Stop by anytime. Anytime. Yes. Thank you very much. This is great, guys. Thank you. That was mostly Conan and some Jeff Ross. Yeah. And a little bit of us. Oh, yeah. 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 We're sprinkled. We were there. The, the, it's such an amazing story. It is. I know. I really don't get tired of it. <laughs> I mean that. No. <laughs> and there's new details always emerging as well. You know, it's amazing to me hearing all of that. I, I think I've heard some of those stories separately, like little mm-hmm. little parts of it. And to hear it compressed like that, where he just went from one test to the next test to the next. It's... Yeah. Oh, so stressful. Oh, my. It's... Just imagining. It's just unbelievable. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> to, and it, there was no let up. It was just like... Mm-hmm. It was literally like going down a water slide that just never stopped. And it's just like... With knives. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. And no water. <laughs> it is an amazing uh, showbiz story. So I'm, I'm, It is. I, I, know. I can't a, wait for the made-for-TV movie about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. On Hallmark. Sure. You know what? This really... This season has been so fun for me. I've loved hearing and talking to all the people that have been a part of the show. It, it was great. 
touch so many people in so many different ways and just everyone mm-hmm. has such fond memories. There's so many people. It, there just isn't enough time to, there's so many more people we could, I know. that I'd love to talk to and catch up with. But uh, the people we had on were fantastic. The writers and the So many writers. Oh my God, the Brian Rich story about when he applied for his own job and got it as an under an alias. Right, because he was leaving the show. He reapplied to replace yeah. himself and got the job. Oh, I know. And then, and, then the, and then hired someone to play him as the quote new writer. It was just a... That is, I'm so glad that story got to be told. It's an epic story, yeah. And then, and then all these other parts of it came out, and mm-hmm. and then we dug up Nell, who is also uh, kind Nell, of I know famous in the Conan lore from his from the old timey baseball remote, right? She's still doing her thing. She's still nelling out. Yeah, she really is an enigma. Like I, I don't. Yeah, she was exact. Seemed exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked to a former head of state. The former president oh, that's of Finland right. That's right. agreed to speak to us. We didn't trick her into it. <laughs> <laughs> she was on our 100th episode, along with Robert Smigel, who we discussed that's earlier. That's right. I think people really loved our, when we talked to Bill Tull and John Rao, the prop masters. Yes. Oh, there's so many animal corpse stories. I know. and <laughs> But they also just talked about, straight up, about the bedlam of getting the show together from their point of view, every day back in 30 Rock. And I just love that, you know, you think of 30 Rock as a staid building and they, they were just oh yeah, running just some mayhem. crazy schemes out of that prop room. They were cutting wires and yeah. moving pipes around, dissolving animals in acid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All under extreme deadlines. Yes. For a good cause. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know what show I'm watching? And I think it's because of uh, we got to interview her. I watching. I love that for you, and I, I think that show's really funny. Oh, Vanessa Bayer's show. Vanessa Bayer, who we interviewed. You yes, know, who was a former Conan intern. Uh, yeah, right. and she'd been a guest on the show, et cetera, et cetera. And and she, I remember the time she was talking about the show she was working on, and I was like, Yeah, sure, everyone's working on a show, and it's it's on Showtime. It's it's really I re, a really well done show. Oh, that's great. I Very love funny her. If you haven't watched it, there's such a lot of talent that came through the Conan halls. Yeah. From intern to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. employee to guest. Yeah. It's been a really fun season. Yeah, it's been fun. I've I've loved seeing you every week I know, and that's getting my to favorite chat. Part. It's my has favorite been talking part. to you. It's been my favorite part too. I I'm not even Sadly the season is over. Uh-huh. It's been so much fun. It's been a blast. And uh I you know we're We'll keep in touch. We'll keep yakking. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on anything that's coming up and mm-hmm. see where Conan heads next, you know, uh, in addition to the podcast, what else he's got up his sleeve. Yeah, that's right. I'm ready to uh, dig into his trash, maybe get some <laughs> clues. And if you like the show, you can support us by rating Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Yes. In advance. Exactly. Well, it's been a really fun season and, you know, we couldn't have done it without our listeners. Because why, Sweeney? We love you. It's true. Thanks for letting me say it this time. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Sean Doherty. Our production coordinator is Lisa Byrne. Executive produced by Joanna Solotaroff. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. Engineered and mixed by Will Beckton. 
Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. It's the Conan Show. Put on your hat. It's the Conan Show. Try on some spats. You're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf. It's Conan. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.